Well, hello, hello. It is Tuesday, March the 28th of 2017. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Nicolene Klaassen-Weed. You are listening to Wittenberg Radio, CMU's most subscribed to podcast. As always, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wittenberg Radio. Our website is wittenbergradio.com, where you can find our past 97 episodes of this show. We are on episode 98 today, I do believe, which is so fun. And we can also uh, email us your comments, questions, listener concerns. Congratulations for us getting to 100 episodes, almost, at WittenbergRadio at gmail.com. And I'm missing something. Subscribe on iTunes and the podcatcher of your choice. Thank you. I was going to do it. That could have been really funny. Next time we'll we'll harmonize. (laughs) In your choice. There we go. So we are entering the last full week of classes here at CMU. And yeah, we're starting to look ahead to summer and starting to uh, tie up the loose ends surrounding uh, this show. So what we're doing is uh, we're going to have our last column episode today. And it sounds like all three will be able to make it, which is amazing. Yes. Yes. Nice. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got Jason Friesen coming to talk sports, and we'll hear that coming up in just a little bit. But first, a story to share with you from the good old United States of America. Oh, goody. This is a good one from, uh, Amer- I believe it's United Airlines uh, in the <laughs> States, and uh, they apparently now have a stricter rules on their dress codes on planes. I'll explain in just a second but what happened was that this airline uh these three women were trying to get on a plane uh in america of course and um they were not able to get on this plane because um well it's a weird thing to read about (laughs) and and, like i I thought it was like a fake news story at first um but uh united airlines stopped these two uh they're teenagers they stopped them from boarding the plane because they were wearing leggings. What? That's a weird. Yeah. So they were really. Fl- they were flying from Denver to Minneapolis, uh, and they were told by the gate attendant uh, that they couldn't get on the plane because they were wearing, uh, yeah, leggings. Uh, they have a dress code apparently that prohibits sleepwear, swimwear, torn clothing, and revealing attire, which I don't think that <laughs> leggings are. <laughs> wow. Um, and one of these girls was like ten years old. Oh my goodness. So like oh. That's ridiculous. So this was caught on social media and as you can imagine the backlash has been yes. pretty swift and yeah. fierce with uh different um with the different uh celebrities saying, Hey, what the heck? They're United Airlines. So from Whitbrook Radio, what the heck, United Airlines? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Add our two cents to the pot. Yeah, really. That is though. crazy. Yeah, right? I mean when you start like whatever, drawing attention to appearance and, and clothing and things like that. At ten years old, I mean, what does that teach? That's what does that teach? Totally, that's 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 one element uh, of of the story here for sure. And like, <sighs> uh, I mean, there's a whole conversation around like, I mean, like on this base level, like you want to be comfortable when you're on a plane. Yeah, totally. You would think anyway. Like, you yeah. know, I'm not gonna go on there wearing a full suit because that's just gonna like after like the first hour or so on a flight, I'm just gonna be like all cramped <laughs> up and like tense. Yeah. And. and all that but like if you're if you're wearing comfortable clothing you can, you can at least have some semblance of comfort on this you know flying metal canister that's hurtling <laughs> through the air and could hypothetically break in half and uh, you could die at any minute so so let me wear my leggings <laughs> so let me yeah exactly i'm about to put my life at risk let me at least 
go out comfortable. <laughs> There's a new argument <laughs> for you. There you go. I'm happy to. I'm feeling a little bit more debatey today than normal. <laughs> Before I start yelling about it, let me get. Uh, let's get to some music, shall we? And uh, music from a Wittenberg Radio alumni. Yeah, Matt Barron, formerly of uh, the music pick of the week on last year's show and uh, past years as well. Uh, him and his band Finn, which includes two of his brothers and uh, two, I guess, Ong Hazels, if you're going to use the German word. Ong. <laughs> Ong Hazels. Uh, they have put out their new EP called Godsend, released this past weekend at the Goodwill Social Club here in Winnipeg. Fantastic show and a great new record. Go out and get it. We'll tell you where after the song. The EP is called Godsend, and this is the title track. Da-da. 
Godsend from Finn and former Wittenberg Radio contributor Matthew Barron. Uh, their new EP of the same name, Godsend, just came out on Saturday. And uh, you can pick that up online, um, wherever you can find good music. I believe it's on Spotify and Apple Music. If you go look for it hard enough. But Very cool. Yeah. No, very proud of those boys. And it's a, you know, it's a catchy tune. So yeah, well done. Totally. Good Winnipeg music right there. So it is columnist week here on the show. Saluting us off, as always. But for the final time this season, yes, indeed, it's <laughs> Jason Friesen of the Senior Men's Volleyball Team. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Got him all right. Coming down off that uh, championship win yet? Oh, no, still up there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Love it. So what are we talking about this week, Jason? Uh, well, as seeing as it's March, the end of March, no less, we're going to be talking about uh, March Madness, everybody's favorite tournament. Yeah, so, baby. Yeah. <coughs> Did you do a bracket? Oh, of course. I, I did multiple brackets, and uh, naturally everyone. all of them busted. <laughs> I still have a few going, but uh, they're they're relatively not awesome. <laughs> Do you have any... So the Final Four has now been, been set mm-hmm. uh, in in this tournament. Did you have any of the teams that you picked in your brackets yeah. to the Final Four? Yeah, actually, uh, both the teams that I have going to the Final, uh, Gonzaga and Oregon, are still in it. So I'm still, okay. I'm still hoping for a perfect uh, final matchup there for me. The other two teams, North Carolina and South Carolina did not have them there no but um you can't win them all i guess <laughs> that's right well and uh, well right but uh, now two of these are our number one seeds and they're predicted to go really deep into this tournament that being uh north carolina and um and gonzaga um but uh the number three seed oregon yeah they're a good team but you know they, like you, you, you never know and they, they've they had a, a tricky road to get there and much less number seven south carolina which is <laughs> Out of like a rankings in, of fifteen, like South Carolina was mm-hmm. not especially not anticipated to to make it. And I watched them play over the weekend, and uh, like they just look like a really, th- I mean, all of them were really good. <laughs> what was the what's the uh, if you were to pick one team for the win, well, who would it be and why? Oh boy, I am gonna go with uh, I'm gonna get stick with the team I picked at the beginning. I'm gonna go with uh, Gonzaga. Um, they've never been to the Final Four before, which makes me a little nervous, mm-hmm. but. Neither have a bunch of these other these other teams. North Carolina is the only one who's really ever been here before. Oregon's been here once, and that was the first in the first tournament, like the very first one, which is like 80 years ago. So they're all relatively new. Um, but I like Gonzaga because um, I don't know. Just watching them play, they have uh, they have some really good offensive threats. Um, they can hit a lot of threes uh, on teams, but they also have they also have this one massive guy from Poland. He's like <laughs> seven foot one and massive beard. <laughs> Like he's intimidating, That's so terrifying. they they pass the ball into him. They get three guys to collapse on him, and he dishes it out to a three, and they drain it. So they they really have a lot of threats on offense. So I like their chances. So there we go. <laughs> uh, March Madness is always it always brings up some is- issues of controversy though as well in terms of uh, in terms of uh, college ath- athletics in the states and how athletes are treated. Uh, I remember one one athlete last year uh, after. After winning, I believe maybe this was a couple years ago, but they said, "Well, now I there's a little bit of money that I have, and I'm gonna like get to go eat and relax, <laughs> because these athletes they have to go, they have to maintain certain GPAs at their universities, they have to maintain their course load, and at the same time they need to they need to be at practice, they need to be on games, flying to tournaments across the country, and they're not being paid for this because they are student athletes. That's just the nature of the game, and they can't profit off signing their own memorabilia. They can't do any, they can't do anything that makes them money. And athletes get in a lot of trouble when they do try. Anyway, <laughs> so 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 like athletes talk about going hungry for months, for like days at a time, and 
it's like it's a crazy it's a crazy system and and um and some of these schools also have these policies where like they make up fake classes for these students who attend just so, like these really talented athletes <laughs> can be Whoa. at their schools yes. <coughs> there was a piece oh who was it some it wasn't at north carolina but it was at another another campus in north carolina um where all of the students playing basketball or some sport, I believe, like they were all fed a line that they were taking Swahili studies, <laughs> and like, <laughs> what? Oh of course they'd never been to a class and they were, just, <laughs> and they were getting they were getting A's so that they could keep the GPAs up and stay on the oh, team. Man. So, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I mean, as a student athlete yourself, uh, um, and you're looking at th- these student athletes, they are our age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This, which is like this crazy man, this, this seven foot one Hodor beast man <laughs> for Gonzaga is our age. Absolutely. Like that, this is like this is crazy to watch. Um, mm-hmm. How do you compare your experience as a student athlete with the stories you hear about these student athletes? My goodness, it's it's a totally different world. I mean, here at CMU, um, I am a student athlete, but I mean, ultimately, I think I'm a student before I'm an athlete, and uh, I'm not going to go anywhere far in my in my athletic career so my focus is still on my studies and uh uh yeah CMU is a place that allows you to do that but I feel like a lot of these uh big programs uh, in the states uh I mean it's if you're on the team it's sports first like you're there to play to play sports and I mean I'll let some of these guys will go on to the NBA and that kind of stuff and so it it is worth their while to spend their time at that but a lot of them most the majority will not right and so um yeah, it kind of puts them in a tough position because I feel like I would suffer significantly in my in my academic career uh, mm-hmm. if I were to play on one of those teams. Even if you're just a guy playing on the bench, you have to be at all the practices, all the training sessions, which is every day of the week. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a real. I could I would see it being a real real struggle for those guys. But um, yeah, I'm thankful to uh, CMU for giving us an opportunity to play sports, but not uh, forcing us to uh, compromise our academics. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this was uh, seen at the uh, CMU Athletics Awards Banquet, held not too uh, not too long ago. And uh, yeah, lots of hardware handout. And the, and what absolutely. struck me and what struck me as I was kind of standing in the back and passing through um, was just how many of these athletes were uh, receiving a- awards based on their academic standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which says a lot about the CMU program. Totally. Yeah. There's uh, what did they say? They were like. 50 or 60 out of the 90 hold a 3.0 GPA or higher, which is fantastic. And then there were another 14 that were 3.7 or higher, which is just an amazing, amazing percentage of students here. So I think that's something CMU can really pride itself on is uh, that not only do we produce uh, strong athletic teams, but we produce strong scholar athletes as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's and that's the kind of thing like, you know, these student athletes in America, they, they, they drive recruitment. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's why they that's why they have this. um that's why they have these intense programs. That's why they're getting given the national spotlight, and that does drive recruitment. And that's why so much money is poured into athletics uh, at uh, these large universities. But it, that's something that, like what you say there, that's definitely something that we can lead into uh, recruitment tools. Not only are we setting our athletes up for um, some sort of larger, six, like some sort of larger athletic success, mm-hmm. such as winning NCAC banners, <laughs> uh, but also that we are scholar athletes, but also that we're setting up our students to be scholar athletes and having over, you know, two thirds of, or whatever it is, 
having over three point oh GPAs. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Which, if you will, uh, sets our students for success. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I know. Second pun of the show. <laughs> uh, Nicolene's, Nicolene's going to come back at me with a, a pun <laughs> later on when we talk to Isla Manning, I'm sure. So, oh, man. Jason, it's been a pleasure as always, and thank you for all your contributions this year. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You betcha. Speed round. On to our next columnist, Nicolene. Uh, before we get to our, our next columnist and when Kenji gets here with his film column, uh, were you at Film 16? I was, yes. What were your impressions? I had a very enjoyable evening, yeah. Good. I thought it was great. Um, some pretty hilarious ones and also some like very meaningful, moving ones. Okay. Yeah, and yeah it was great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are also joined this week by our regular contributors on contributors you and your multiple personalities <laughs> uh, we're joined by our regular contributor and two-time film 60 film of the year winner yeah yeah kenji yeah. dick welcome back thank you very much it's a pleasure to be here and also next year's host by the way in case yes. you were, remember it, the accolades go on <laughs> there's so many i could yeah. talk for a oh, we could, oh, we could spend oh, oh please please exactly yeah, yeah you're gonna go all tarantino on me and yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I'll start ranting about like scripts and whatever and like get very angry also. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we don't go full Mel Gibson, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Um hopefully I hopefully I haven't hopefully I won't reach that part of my career anytime. I soon. hope you don't either. That would be rather unfortunate. <laughs> that would be. Film sixty. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um film sixty this year I thought was a blast. Um not like not just in relation to my own film, I thought the other entries as well were pretty dope and that's what I was hoping to talk about today. Where it is not only my film but also the other films that were submitted. Um, because I thought, besides my own, they're actually, you're right, Nicolene. I think there were some very interesting entries that makes me very excited for the future of Film 60 as well. And, uh, yeah, they're pretty dope. Right on. If we've used dope uh, in the same paragraph <laughs> twice, <laughs> then I think we got in for a really interesting take on, yeah. uh, on the films that were there. Yeah. What were uh, some of the highlights for you, aside from winning, of course? Yeah, yeah well, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought, well, in comparison to last year, I thought... Uh, I thought I thought everything Esther and uh, Esther and Tara did a great job this year organizing the show. Um, I noticed there was a lot more people here this time in comparison last year. There was a good audience last year, but we've expanded on that, which mm-hmm. is excellent. And uh, we had an excellent panel of judges. We had Charlie Parento, Sue Sorensen, Robbie Friesen, and Phoenix Lee. Yeah. I thought a very diverse <laughs> group of minds, uh, and all of them. Yeah, I, I just thought that was just an excellent panel to have there. And then I thought that the films themselves were like quite great. Um, I was specifically thinking of two films in particular, the ones the ones that you describe as meaningful, I think, uh, Nicolene. Um, there's one by Talia Penner, which uh, I forget what it's called, unfortunately, but it was uh, yeah, about... the exact name. Yeah. The Tendencies of a Reclusive... First Year? First year? Yeah. Some, something along those lines, yeah. if not that. Now, Talia, Talia is in her first year. Um, she is, did, yeah. What did, she, did she say anything about the film at all? No. Well, in fact, she won, she won most meaningful... She won the most like meaningful story, I yeah. think, award. Yeah. And her speech was literally just a thanks. <laughs> and uh, then she just walked off, which I thought was actually a, a That's very fitting. Very fitting. <laughs> yes. It me- very immensely reclusive. fitting. Yeah. Um the film was actually like I was like really happy with this one, um, because it was because one thing I've noticed, and I'm a victim of this as well when it comes to film sixties, that because you're given it only like a very short time frame for these kind of movies. Um, most people just go with the comedic approach, yeah, right? Yeah. Just tell a meaningful joke. And like that's what I did with mine as well. Um but what I liked about hers, and then another one that we'll talk about in a second, was that it went, it actually went for a very different direction. And I thought that what was 
it, I thought I thought that was really nice. I thought the audience really appreciated that because it was a different uh, course of act. It was a different like film in comparison to the other ones, which is a nice like kind of like breather in comparison to the other ones. Mm-hmm. But like this one, I, I say that as if it's relieving. Like this one was also kind of heavy in comparison to the other ones too. So the brief premise, I don't I don't know if Tally will ever upload it uh, to online or whatever. But the brief premise of it is that uh, it's about just about a student who's a first year student who's reclusive living in residence. And it's just a kind of like mini music video, essentially. I think a song that she wrote and performed, and then just uh, and then just showing footage of her just being reclusive inside her dorm room. Um, I I just thought it was very nice. The imagery, the cinematography was like very on point. And what I loved about it is that like even though the production value was not top notch, what made this film really work was the story element. We've again and again every time I've come here, <laughs> we talk about story and how right. it's over. That's really really important. Um, and like that's the same really applies to these short films. Uh, she filmed this, I think, like on her iPod, but like it was still made a meaningful impact on the viewer, mm-hmm. right? Um, people were like, like people were like awing, like at like the halfway point, right? So just like I thought, I just thought that was an excellent entry. I thought like that's that's filmmaking at its finest, right there. Uh, just like regardless of what kind of camera, what kind of tech you have, as long as you have a story, a meaningful story to tell, and you tell it well with the tech that you have, you can still wow an audience. And mm-hmm. I thought that was great. And then the other entry was a uh, Sabo Irfan's film, which mm-hmm. was kind of a like documentary, kind of like just a bunch of B-roll footage that she took and just cut together about her moving from Hong Kong to in residence. And uh, I was impressed because I will because uh, normally editing at Film Sixty, in my humble opinion, is not normally the most top-notch thing. But sure, <laughs> but uh, this film was mirac- was like incredibly well edited. Um, it was just marvel like just nicely cut together. It cut along nicely with the music. Um, I thought like I, it, 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 it made an impact as well. We, sh- we see Saba and how she's made friends in Hong Kong and like the kind of sadness of leaving those friends behind, but then her acknowledging the fact that by moving to this new campus, that's an opportunity to make new friends. Um, she captured that within like a minute and 30 seconds. And that's the other thing that's incredible about to me about these films as well. Because of the short time limit, time limit that you're given, it's incredible to see how some people manage to tell so much within that time frame and oddly enough, it won't feel rushed. Yeah. So like, yeah, I I just like I thought her movie was like incredible. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Me and um Marika were like freaking out after. But yeah, it was I just thought it was kind of reminiscent of those movies where like they depict like time going by after like over a certain amount of time or like people like just like going on adventures and like makes you feel inspired to like go on your own and I just was like I don't I was just like surprised that by all this like just B-roll like it was just like yeah, that it like elicited such like feelings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah, like I think like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Casey Neistat on YouTube. Mm. Um, great vlogger, but one of his main emphasis is, is that, uh, like, is that, like, yeah, like, what he does, he does something very similar to Saba, is that, like, he just takes a bunch of footage, and, like, as he's growing up, and, like, then just normally cuts a movie together, like, years later. And, like, it's kind of incredible, because you just see, like, a whole portion of his life just, with, like, within a few minutes. Mm. And uh, and what really, what really sells his storytelling is his editing. And mm-hmm. so I just thought, like, Saba just did the exact, kind of did something very similar here. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it, I thought it made an impact on, like, the viewers there. Yeah. So, and the other films were hilarious, too. Uh, particularly <laughs> the one, the jokey ones were funny. Uh, I thought the, I thought the one with the visiting CMU campus one was a hilarious David Lynch-inspired film, where essentially, I think it was Rebecca, and I forget, I don't know the other guy's name, but essentially, they just go around. I, saw, I apologize to oh, whoever oh, is right. listening. Oh, Rebecca, like visiting prof yeah rebecca and marcus yeah, yeah. rebecca and marcus <laughs> they visit like they, they're gonna like they're introducing the cmu campus but then they're like at u of m u of w and then providence and like they <laughs> it, like they they are speaking like in backwards and just like i thought 
this is like the most brilliant creepy parody of of <laughs> welcome to campus visit like video i just thought that was genius just genius film uh yeah but i was just like really happy to see the films here there's a lot more entries in comparison to last year and not only that uh with films by like saba and talia i feel like that like this is like people are taking film 16 in a different direction and also like yeah in a different direction that it's going to make it more like intriguing i think for people next year and maybe like will bring up more you know, more of a challenge next year too so amazing yeah. well we look for i mean you guys can look forward to what's <laughs> up at film 60 next year yeah and, and tara and esther will be leading the ship again. that's right so we'll have yeah. uh, we'll have more of the same hopefully next year and kenji will be here to talk us through all of it when he himself is hosting wittenberg <laughs> yes radio I, I think uh i think that'll be a, a dope dope time me and claudia by the way are i just used dope for the third time didn't <laughs> fourth, i fourth. Fourth. fourth uh <laughs> anyways dope, uh, dope, in fact. <laughs> Uh, yeah, me and Claudia have been also talking about some wicked ideas for next year. And, uh, well, we'll, we'll figure that s- out soon enough. So, yeah. Way to keep us in suspense. <laughs> Kenji Dick, our film columnist for his final column of the year. He'll be your next year's Wittenberg Radio host. And, yeah, we'll come back in just a bit with Isla. Lastly, on our columnist week, our final columnist show of this year, it is Isla Manning back with Isla's disappointments. Back from the grave after missing two in a row. <laughs> it's been a wild couple it's of months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're healthy. You're here. Are you happy to be back? I am very happy. I actually, I just skipped all the way down the Marpeck Bridge. Don't know where I got the energy. <laughs> Woke up at six this morning. Not sure. I didn't even have caffeine. Whoa. Okay. I don't Impressive. know what's happening. So like mood. Definitely doing well there. Wow. Yeah. I've had caffeine and I'm not even that energetic. So, like, mm. I'm. Maybe. I aspire to be <laughs> as energetic. my last full as week you. of classes. Whoa. I didn't think, about, I didn't think yeah. about it that way. Yeah. We're that's out here. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Now I've got. That's where you get the energy from. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm with you now. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm mm. with you now. Yeah. Very <laughs> excited to <laughs> hear about this latest uh, disappointment. To, to not to channel this energy into uh, a disappointing vein by any stretch. But what are we talking about this week? Well, I didn't actually have caffeine this morning, but most mornings I do. In What's your preferred caffeine uh, in, method? In the form of a, a nice, strong cup of tea. Tea? Mm. Yeah. Specifically black tea. Okay. Specifically plain old grandma black tea. <laughs> like Earl Grey, that's for like special occasions, you know? Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is like black tea. orange pico, red this fits rose, like... T- like bare bones yeah yeah this but fits like, this fits the alamanning i know to a t by the way oh right t <laughs> yeah oh niggling stop it <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness you're gonna go right for the doxa and you would editor that edits out your bad jokes <laughs> niggling is the editor here that, <laughs> yes yeah, that's true mm-hmm. that's true but she's not gonna edit that out because it's funny <laughs> yeah you shouldn't we digress black tea black tea um first of all because i don't really like coffee um it's too bitter and then i have to add like so much milk and sugar and also um i just get very jittery i'm a pretty excitable person to begin with so <laughs> like that much caffeine just like i'm off the walls and like my heart like it's not good um so tea it is tea it is very 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 strong like steep for like three to five minutes seven Ooh, minutes if i forget wow. about it like you can stand a spoon up in that when you're done that kind of strong right <laughs> Okay. But my biggest pet peeve of the past week has been weak tea. People 
who think it's okay to put warm water on top of a tea bag and then serve it to me or drink it themselves because that's just sad for them they're just filling their body up with water and a couple of like brown colorings that kind of like escape the bag despite the the temperature of the water it's just it's just terrible why would you do that to yourself that is not the intended form of tea respect the tea leaf boil it cook the shit out of it now i confess that i myself have done this on a number of occasions and i think back to last week when i didn't really have a voice and i was just pounding back twice my body weight in tea <laughs> in vain hopes that i Wouldn't would be, be able to sing uh in uh this thing that i wasn't and uh, that i wasn't able to sing in because i was too sick but i was just like slopping it all down right so you throw a tea bag in you pull the next and that's the way i was going so i'm doing this all wrong were you drinking for pleasure or were you drinking for purpose purpose that's where you went wrong oh interesting so is tea to you not a, a, a drink we uh we ingest for purpose but for pleasure oh it's definitely something that you do because it's enjoyable like tea doesn't really like add much to your life if you're thinking about it like the <laughs> caffeine amount is like slim to none compared to like if you were actually drinking to get high or whatever right <laughs> you would drink coffee right you drink it because it's enjoyable and so if you're just doing it because it's warm water with a little bit of flavor to help your voice like i don't know just put honey in hot water or something it'll be quicker tastier hmm i guess that makes a lot that makes a ton of sense i um, do make a lot of sense yes i mean you are, you always do of course. That's my job. That's your job to make sense. <laughs> yeah. And to share with us your, your disappointments. Um, to the person listening to us right now who is putting uh, a black tea bag or even an Earl Grey tea bag uh, inside of an empty cup and there is a boil and there's a boiling uh, kettle beside them and they're about to pour it over. What do you say to that person right now? Do you have five minutes for that to steep properly? Okay. There you have it. There you <laughs> There you have it indeed. There you go. Now as you graduate, Isla, um will you have the time? This is a really roundabout way for me to ask what you're actually up to next year. Um <laughs> will you have the time to uh ensure that your tea steeps properly? I definitely hope not. Well I hope so but at the same time you hope not i hope not um i'm currently working on an application uh to get into red river okay uh for the graphic design program um so like fingers crossed i get in because i'm telling people that i'm going there next year um if i don't i'll, just, I'll go to sweden that's my other plan um sweden <laughs> but uh but like i really hope that doesn't happen i really hope that i go to red river um and the program there is pretty intense and you have to be there on time and then like every day it's, yeah, it's very early in the mornings, and so um, while while I certainly do hope to get into that program, I suspect that I'll probably be rolling out of bed to get there on time in the mornings. Um, three strikes and you're out. Yes, I have yeah. heard that. Yeah, so that's my plan. Absolutely. Uh, leave this beautiful place, leaving it in good hands. <laughs> um, with the we can only hope current current crop of first, second, and third years mm -hmm. um, who. Just wonderful people. I'm just so amazed. Um, uh, to go, to go draw stuff, solve problems, 
Yay. be sleep deprived for two more years. Great, great, great. If it's any consolation, they do have great tea in Sweden. Oh, that's oh, I, they actually they have this thing called fika. Have you heard of it? I have heard of this. Yeah, it's like this specific like time and like cultural practice where you just like have coffee and sweets with friends. Oh, and like fun. clearly, I would have tea. Um, but sweets and friends can't go wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have not gone wrong having Isla on the show this year. And thank you for sharing your disappointments with us here on the show. You will be missed. It's been a pleasure. Isla Manning. It's a disappointing pleasure. It's been a disappointing <laughs> pleasure for us as well. Isla Manning and her disappointments column have been with us all year. Thank you so much. There you go. All the columnists one last time on the show. Thanks. It's a little bit of bittersweet, though. Yeah. It's yeah. great to have them this year. Yeah, I agree. Got any bittersweet tunes to go with the, the mood? <laughs> I do, in fact. No kidding. <laughs> um, How about that? Today, today's bittersweet tune. Um, <laughs> we should have that as a segment. The bittersweet tune of the day. <laughs> it's Nicolene Bittersweet Claus and Weave. <laughs> bittersweet Blues. Um, today... I'm going to be playing Sleep on the Floor by the Lumineers, who, in fact, as this episode, will be playing maybe in your ears or whatever. However uh, you ingest sound. <laughs> However you ingest sound or when you ingest it. Ah. Uh, their concert it, their concert in Winnipeg is happening to, uh, to n- at Tuesday tonight at the MTS Center, which I'm going to. I'm very excited. Wahoo. Yeah. So... Yeah, you probably will hear about a lot by the time you're listening to this whole thing here. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a song off their new album, Cleopatra. Pack yourself a toothbrush, dear. Pack yourself a favorite flower. Take a withdrawal slip Take all of your savings out Cause if we don't leave this town We might never make it out I was not born and drowned Baby, come on Forget what Father Brennan said We were not born Leave a note on your bed Let your mother know you're safe And by the time she wakes We'll have driven through the state We'll have driven through the night Baby, come on If the sun don't shine on me today And if the subway's flooded, bridges break Will you lay your sound down and dig your grave Or will you rail against the dying day And when we look outside 
Pack yourself a toothbrush, dear. Pack yourself a favorite blouse. Take a withdrawal slip. Take all of your savings out. Cause if we don't leave this town, we might never make it out. That was Sleep on the Floor by the Lumineers. Cool track. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Hope you're having fun at the concert as, you're, as we're uh, talking right now. <laughs> I can see it being good for like a road trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like the end of a movie almost. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so what's happening on campus this week? Well, go pick up your spring gala tickets, of course. Oh, I'm yeah. very excited for that chicken cordon bleu or what. <laughs> Totally. Yes. <laughs> Probably. Well, uh, you, you know, we can place bets. You know. <laughs> I'd love. I'd love that. We should do. A, we should uh, start a, a hedge bet on our social media. <laughs> That'd be really fun. <laughs> or prop bets. Um. So that is happening Friday, April the twenty first at six thirty. Uh. Go celebrate the arrival of the spring, the end of another academic year, and the achievements of our twenty seventeen graduates. I should be writing commercials for this. Yeah, you should. So if you are a student here at CMU, tickets are totally free. Go pick them up at Shirley's desk. If you want to uh, show off that uh, that uh, girlfriend or boyfriend of yours that uh, nobody else in res knows about, it's 15 <laughs> bucks to bring them. So is it worth it? I don't know. That's <laughs> up for you. That's up for you to decide. What else is happening here on campus, Nicolene? Well, um, there is another scholarship due April 30th. If you have some creative projects, you can submit Ooh. those for a $750 scholarship. Um, also, if you're thinking ahead to your summer, which probably you are, Canadian School Peace Building that runs out of here of CMU um, has two weeks of really, really cool classes that are very different than what you experience during the year. Um, different profs um, from all over the place and students. Um, and a very like, I think I've never been, but a very like in, intentional and uh, fun and like kind of alternative learning space. So you can ap apply for that. And CMU students are eligible for a deferred payment plan. Um, fees go up after April 1st. So do that soon. Do that very soon. <laughs> oh, also congratulations to Marnie Clausen, who won the C. Henry Smith Peace Oratorical Contest. Oh, neat. Yeah, so her speech will be submitted to a bigger competition. Um, and it also acknowledges Laura Carpreis. And, and Nicolene Klossenbrink. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and Rebecca Penner, who actually won the whole shindig last year. Friend of the show, Rebecca Penner, who was a guest at our uh, Christmas live show. Yeah. Yeah, and that was what we were talking about with her there as her trip to the UN. Right, yeah. Which was go. so great to yeah. hear about that. And uh, we hope the same for Marnie now as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Other than that, I think that's it. I think that's pretty much it too. Hang in there, kids. You're almost there. One more week. <laughs> you can do it. You're so close. We'll have a great episode for you here next week as well. Stay tuned for that as we talk about April Fool's Day. And uh, yeah, you'll have to just tune in for th that then. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Podcatcher of your choice to uh, know when that episode is coming out. Find us online at wittenbergradio.com. We're on uh, social medias. Hip with all the kids. The things, all the things. Not uh, Insta. Not Insta. It's hard, it's hard to Insta radio. Yeah, that's true. I can be a goal for uh, Kenji and uh, Claudia next year. We're on Facebook and Twitter, though, at Wittenberg Radio, and you can find us uh, on uh, the emails as well. Wittenbergradio at gmail.com is the place to send your comments, questions, listener concerns, how much you're looking forward to hearing Kenji and Claudia host the show next year. But until next week, 
My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Nicolene Clausen Weed. We'll catch you then. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council. 